Hi guys and welcome back to Midday Matcha with Livy. Clearly I am fucking Livy. I apologize for singing in that intro. I will never, and I repeat, ever do that shit ever again. Fucking disrespectful of me. Let's get into my week update. Okay. Oh my God. As I just fucking sang, like a psychopath, I swear to God, I have 55 personalities. Actually, I realize, like, if you listen back to the podcast, you will realize I have several different personalities. Like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with me, but... I'll say something in one episode and then the next episode I will say something completely fucking different. For example, in the Red Flags episode, I talked about Chris Brown and I'm like, if the guy you're talking to, dating, liking, whatever the fuck you're doing with really has like this love and passion for Chris Brown and like listens to his music, reposts his Instagram stuff, all that stuff, it's a little fucking alarming. Like it's very alarming because... Let's not forget, Chris Brown did beat the fuck out of Rihanna. So, like, I'm not forgetting. Anyways, my ass has been listening to Chris Brown a lot. See see what I mean by this bitch is bipolar? I'm literally, something's wrong. Because now I'm like, okay, wait, I kind of like Chris Brown. And I'm, like, kind of really into his music right now. So I still think he's a piece of trash for beating the shit out of Rihanna. And I listened to his music on the low low. I didn't even want to tell anybody that I was listening to his music because I was so humiliated for myself and I was embarrassed. I was fucking embarrassed. So here I am. This is my truth. I'm going to title this episode, My Truth. Could you imagine? I'm just like, my truth. Just all deep, dramatic. Honest to God, I need an episode where I just shake things up a little bit and it's like really dramatic You guys are like, didn't you just talk about sexual assault last week, bitch? How much more dramatic do you want it to be? No, I want it to be like life dramatic. Like I want it to be like I like just randomly one day. I'm not going to tell you guys when I start talking to somebody. I'm just going to randomly post one day. I've been in a relationship for six months and keep catch every single one of you off guard. Like that's going to be the title of the episode. Like I've, I've had a boyfriend for six months and I'm, you guys are going to be like, what bitch, what? And for that six months, I'm going to hide this motherfucker. Okay. You know, speaking of boyfriends, I go back and forth. Cause I like, I know I have a new love coming in. You're like, bitch, what? So I just, you know, I'm a little bit psychic. Like I just feel like I have a new love coming in. I'm not sure if I'll make them my boyfriend. You know, I feel like that's a big step. And I don't know if I want to do that. No, I haven't met this person. Like, but, and all my tarot card readings on YouTube, like, tell me, like, I have a new love coming in. I'm genuinely fucking insane. But I always, like, tell my sister, I'm like, I have a boyfriend. Like, I just have a boyfriend. And she's like, what? I'm like, I just have a boyfriend. Anyways, fuck off, bitch. And not because I specifically want a boyfriend, but because I feel like I have one coming into my life. Does that make any sense? Like, just like how I feel... Like I'm leaving Chicago soon. I feel like I have a boyfriend coming into my life. But the thing with the boyfriend coming into my life is, you know, that's a hard one because he's going to need to be rich as fuck if he's going to come into my life. I'm just going to say it. He's got to match a lifestyle that I like to live. And he needs to have some fucking shmoney. This bitch does not settle. I have never said shmoney in my life. I've never said that in my life. I have no idea where I got that from. Anyways, yeah, guys. So like if I ever have a boyfriend, he's going to be 
top notch bitch. I don't know why that came out either. I've been listening to Megan the Stallion a lot. Maybe this is what's happening, but he's going to be, I go back and forth if I want to keep him a secret or if I want to share him with the world. You know what I mean? Like, I think I want to keep him a secret and then one day just reveal it, you know, and be like, we've been dating for a year and a half and just be like, surprise bitches. I think that could be fun. But also like, I think about that with like Instagram posting and like TikTok posting when I get in a relationship, am I going to want to let the world know who I'm dating? I like don't know. I don't think I will. And I'm not really a private person at all. So who fucking knows how that's going to work out? Anyways, back to my week intro. Um, the full moon, if you guys didn't know, there was a full moon March 28th. It like kicked my ass. I don't know what it was, but that full moon really fucked me up a little bit. Made me a little bit depressed. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be 100% honest with you guys. It really fucked me up. So there's that. That's really all I had for my week intro. That was it. You know, that was about fucking it. So let's get into this week's episode. Okay, fun fact about this week's episode. I have already recorded this fucking episode. The reason I did not upload it is because I sounded like a cocky fucking bitch and like not in the way that I normally am. I literally like just sounded like a fucking cunt in the episode. I don't know why I just sounded so rude in the episode, but like, whatever. Okay. So now what I'm doing is I'm remaking this episode. I'm going to try and not sound like a cocky bitch in it, but like, I genuinely can't promise you anything. It might fucking happen. So just go with it. But on my TikTok lives, this is the number one episode you request from me all the damn time. And it is my comedy journey basically. And so I graduated Second City's Conservatory back in January. Oh my God, like January, February time. And that was a huge dream of mine since I was 16. Like that's it for my comedy training. I no longer have any comedy training. It's like graduating college for me. If you guys don't know what the fuck this conservatory program is, it's like literally like I graduated college and it's just a beautiful thing. I'm so happy about it. Yeah, it was a dream of mine since I was 16. A little bit about the experience was it was amazing, except for the fact that we did have to go on Zoom going into my third. No, it was in the middle. It was in the beginning of my second um, level. So if you don't know, it is an audition based program and you audition to get in. It's very hard to get in. You have to have like a year's worth of prerequisites to even be considered for the program. After you get in, you have two levels and then you have to re-audition at level three. So at level three, they're going to be like, oh, are you still good enough to be in the program or oh, you still suck. So you re-audition at level three and then you finish out the rest of the six levels at the end of level six. You have a run of, I think it's six shows. No, no, no. Fuck. It's like a fuck ton of shows actually. And it's intense and you write the shows with everybody in your um, ensemble. And it was an amazing experience experience but on zoom it gave me a lot of anxiety and stress and it was there was days I was doing zooms for seven hours of conservatory and it's like nobody likes comedy that fucking much to be doing a zoom for seven hours like it was so intense to have to learn this stuff on zoom but like it worked and I'm done and I'm just proud to be a second city conservatory graduate so that's for everybody asking about my conservatory experience now we're gonna get into 
why I wanted to make the episode, like I, why I fell in love with comedy, my comedy journey, how I turned my dreams into a comedy career. And I've always been a big dreamer and I was always told not to dream so big and um, fuck what anybody says because I'm living proof right now that you can dream as big as you want and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Okay, so let's start with my comedy journey. My junior year of high school, I was placed into an improv class randomly, okay? And I absolutely fell in love with this improv class. No words to describe it. So then I told my mom, I was like, mom, I'm in love with comedy. She's like, improv specifically, she's like, okay. So I live in the western suburbs. So Second City's in Chicago. Second City is the biggest place for comedy ever, and uh, like one of the biggest, I would say probably the biggest and for comedy training, especially. And that's exactly why I live in Chicago right now. And that's why I want to get the fuck out and move because I'm done with conservatory. So I really have nothing left for me here. Anyways, um, she was like, if you love it that much, we will get into classes at Second City. And I was like, ah, that's so fucking intense. Like everybody, you know, and love has came out of Second City. Steve Carell, Chris Farley, amazing, amazing people. Stephen Colbert, like amazing people. So at 16 to be like, oh my God, like going down to Second City, that's so nerve wracking. Anyways, my improv teacher, Mr. Keel, like he's amazing. I'll say his name from um, LT is like the whole reason I do comedy right now. He's because he introduced me to it and he made the improv class such an amazing experience. And I was so just fell in love with it. So I auditioned for the improv show at my high school only had his class under my belt like didn't really have any other um comedy prerequisites under my belt and got the show and I was like oh my god I made the fucking show like that was absolutely crazy I don't like I still to this day I'm like I was such a ballsy little bitch at 16 years old to be like I fuck with this I like this I'm gonna do whatever it takes to be on this improv show because like I wasn't a theater kid whatsoever I was a cheerleader I stayed in my lane I did my fucking high kicks my um back handsprings I was don't know what the fuck I was about to call it and I just stayed in my lane of like a little cheerleading whore and I so to be like nope I actually love improv I'm gonna do improv was like oh my god this bitch is risky anyways um after I made the show I then went down to Second City and did a fall workshop and I want to like mention at this time of my life If you guys haven't listened to the It's the Mental Illness for Me episode with my mom, I go into detail about how I had really bad anxiety and depression. I was in and out of the psych ward. You're like, whoa, what is happening? Anyways, I was. And this was my first year back in school, back to a normal life. And I just, so to have found what I loved almost felt like, um, what is it called? Serendipity. Like when I was home from school that whole year and not going to school, not having any friends, not doing anything, I was always um, watching SNL clips, always watching Chelsea Handler, watching all these Joan Rivers, watching all these amazing female comedians. And I like fell in love with comedy and it gave me a little bit of hope to want to stay alive in such a dark time. I know this like really fucking like turned, but um, Yeah, in such a dark time, I was like, I love watching these clips. Like, these give me hope to want to stay alive. And little did I know that this would be my career and this is what I would be doing. But in that time, I was like, this is 
why I want to be alive right now. Like when I had genuinely nothing, I had these comedy uh, clips and videos that were keeping me through it. And so to then go no school, nothing, severe depression into I'm auditioning for the improv show and I'm doing classes at Second City. My mom was like, what is happening with this child? And now I look back and I'm like, yeah, she had every right to be like, what is happening with this child? She is always like, you're just a miracle kid. Who fucking does this shit? Anyways, yeah, now that I'm looking back, I'm like, that's a little bit insane. I said, fuck my anxiety. And I just fell in love with Second City. So after that fall workshop, I spent every Saturday for several hours down at Second City from 16 to 18 years old. And that's the reason I stayed in Chicago for college. And since I walked in those doors of Second City, all you hear about everyone always talking about is conservatory. Even when you do other programs, all you hear is everybody talks about in the comedy world is conservatory, conservatory, conservatory. So I knew I was going to do whatever the fuck it took to get my ass into conservatory. But you have to be like 19 years old to audition. So I had a lot of comedy training to do before that. So I've done every single comedy class from like writing to film to audio to like genuinely everything I've studied everything at Second City from 16 to 18, okay? And then at 17 years old, I auditioned for Teen Ensemble, which is like the teen version of conservatory, basically, but a little bit less. It's the audition-based program. It's the best of the best of the teenagers at Second City. And I auditioned And the first time I auditioned, I did not make it. And that was a huge fucking ego blow. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'd already been on Second City stages before and performing and stuff. And I was like, I didn't make it. Like, I was a little bit fucking heartbroken, okay? But my sister was like, what did you expect? You're not going to make every single thing that you audition. And I was like, oh, okay, bitch. So what I did was the next term when it came around, I was like, I'm auditioning again. I'm doing this again. And I auditioned again and I made it. And I was like, oh, bitch, looks like I do get everything I auditioned for. No, but after that, I've had pretty great luck with everything that I've auditioned for and that I've done. So every time I'm like, I say to her, I'm like, oh, like, ha ha ha, fuck you, bitch. I do get what I want. Okay, see, look at me sounding like a fucking bitch. No, but I just work really hard at my comedy and everything. Oh my God, I work so hard at my comedy. No, but I do. Anyways, so I was in ensemble. And then during the summer, Second City has summer camps. And those are two week long programs every single day except Saturdays and Sundays. And you're with an ensemble and you're writing a show and you're improving a show together. I have never been happier in my life than I was when I was doing those camps. Like I had truly found my love for comedy within those camps. And I was like, I had found my love for writing, which was like the most important thing. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I want to keep doing whatever the fuck this is. So I fell in love with the Second City comedy camps. And then when fall and winter and stuff came back around, I was back in ensemble. I fell in love with an ensemble. We did shows. I think we did like an eight-week run of shows. It was like a 16-week thing. Um, I always auditioned for ensemble. I was always on ensemble. I really loved it. I've made such good friends from ensemble that I still talk to and am friends with now and even from my second city camp so that has been amazing um now after 
ensemble and I made it again I did ensemble until I turned 18 years old so like you max out you age out at 18 teen ensemble is done you have to go into the adult program you're a grown-ass bitch I decided at 18 years old that I now had to think of colleges and I was like well I don't really want to go to college I just want to go to LA I want to be a comedian in LA and just chase my dreams like that I come from a family with a single mother my mom was like bitch I don't have the fucking money for you to go to LA if you want to go to LA you're gonna have to save up until then pick a college like you have to go to college so I picked Columbia College Chicago and I'm gonna try my hardest not to talk too much shit about them but we already know that's not gonna go well I always talk a lot of shit about them anyways I went down to Columbia College, Chicago, was doing the comedy major, and I was like, you know what, no fucking offense, but I've already learned all this shit, and I've spent my blood, sweat, and fucking tears at Second City every damn weekend, and I've been doing the highest caliber of stuff at Second City for my age. This shit was like a review to me. It was like, I already know how to ride the bike. Why do I have to keep fucking learning? And especially not for $45,000 a year. Like that's absolutely insane. And in general, having Second City on my resume is way more impressive than having a degree from Columbia College saying I did comedy writing and performance. I'm sorry it is. Oh my God, but it is. I did not like Columbia College Chicago. I did not like the teachers. I liked the kids in my comedy program, some of them, but others I like, It just was not for me. And that whole time that I was at Columbia, I was like, okay, I really, really want to live in LA and I really want to follow my dreams out there. So I was waking up every single morning, 5 a.m., and I was nannying before I went to school. And then after school, I was working at a pizza shop like I was doing. I was fucking grinding because and I was saving all my money because I knew where I wanted to go, knew what I wanted to do. After that semester, I had a good amount of money saved up and I was like, okay, I think I can move to California. I think I can do this. So at 18 years old, I moved to California. And if you guys, I've already done an episode on this, California Dreamin'. So go listen to the California Dreamin' episode. And yeah, I literally dropped out of school, moved to California, and it did not go well. So after California my heart was broken. So I came home from California probably like three months later. Like I was supposed to be there a year. I signed a year lease. Did not go well. Okay. Did not go well. I felt miserable. I was depressed. I felt like I had failed myself. I felt like I had failed in general. I kind of hated comedy for a little bit. Okay. I kind of really fucking hated it. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Um, because I just felt so hurt. I was so disappointed and hurt with myself. But at the same time, I was 18 years old. I was paying rent by myself. I was doing everything by myself. It was so fucking stressful and it was so intense. And I just didn't have it in me at that time, okay? And so that's basically it. So after California, I was 18 years old and I went and I talked with one of my directors at Second City that I was really close with. And I was like, so the next thing I wanna do is conservatory like I really want to do conservatory and he was like listen conservatory is such an intense program one to get into and two to be in like it's so fucking intense and I was like I know but it's been a dream of mine since I was 16 I think I want to audition and he was like well you have to be 19 to audition and I was like okay I have to wait a year to audition and then he was like but I really recommend being like 23 or 25 when you do this program because the likeliness of you getting in and doing this pro like it's just such an intense program like you should probably wait 
And I was like, oh, okay. Kind of like, fuck you, but kind of like, okay, like I'll wait until like a certain age to audition for ensemble. I was like, I'll audition at 23, I guess. Like that's the normal, I would say like the normal age to be in conservatory is like 23 and above. 23, 24 and about like 24, 25. I feel like a lot of people in my class were like 26, 28. Um, but I was like, okay. So I then decided to go to IO. IO is another comedy place in Chicago and I think they closed down. But basically that's like the home of long form improv. So I did the, what is it called? IO's program. I, I don't even remember how many levels they had, but I did the entire thing and I liked it. I definitely had some levels that were way better than others, but in general, I was doing improv. Like I would do fucking anything to be in a class again and do improv now that we're social distanced and shit. Like I obviously can't. I just said social distanced and shit. I meant, no, I meant social distance and shit, but like we can't really do classes anymore. And now that all my classes are done and I finished like my classes on fucking Zoom, like I miss being in person. I miss doing stupid fucking improv activities. I fucking miss that shit. Oh, it's so rough. My mom and I were talking the other day and I was like, I, my plan after conservatory was to do touring company. I would probably be with touring company right now with Second City and that's not fucking happening. So I've definitely had to make a huge switch. But hold on. Let me finish my comedy journey. You're like, bitch, nobody was rushing you. Anyways, did IO's entire program. And then in the middle of IO's program, I was approached by my friend to help on a show. She was like, I want to pitch a show to Second City. I'd really like you to come on board and be one of the writers. I soon became the director, producer, and writer of the entire show. You're like, how did that happen? So what it is, is you can pitch shows to Second City and they'll either pick them up or they'll be like, no, we don't want to do this. And you perform them in their theaters. So I had a friend. She was like, I want to do this. Will you please come on board? I came on board and I completely took over. And not in a rude way. She just needed a lot more help than she expected. And so I wasn't expecting to come on and direct, produce, and write the entire damn thing, but that's exactly what I did. So let me explain the process of getting a show at Second City and then doing everything. So I handled everything. I handled the legal work. I handled the marketing of the show. I handled absolutely fucking everything, the writing, the theme of the show, putting a running order together, every single thing. Most people hire directors. I was like, no, I don't want to hire a director. I've I take a lot of notes from like when I was an ensemble and stuff of my director. I was like, okay, I'm noticing every single thing he's doing. I was like, I got this down. Like I got this down from ensemble. Just trust me. I can fucking do this. And so I was like, I don't, I just didn't want to hire a director. And then we like pay all this money and then we have to go through everyone's schedule and have everyone come to rehearsal on the same time. I was like, I got this. So fucking wow ballsy ass bitch I look back on that I'm like god damn bitch anyways I so I was handling everything legally you have to sell out a certain number of tickets to even have the show do all the runs it's supposed to do and it is absolutely insane you sign legal documents with them. They get a percentage of your show. I obviously made money off the show too. And then I marketed the fuck out of that show like no other. Thank God for social media because we marketed every single thing through social media. I did everything for that show. Two weeks before the show was 
about to go up I was like I need to bring on two more people I need two more cast members I brought on two really good friends who then helped write the show as well and they definitely helped helped on the directing and producing end as well and it was like all of us did this shit together it was so intense and like oh my god rehearsals would be like three to four hours long like a week I'm obviously a controlling ass bitch and like I just have natural I no, I'm not a controlling ass bitch I just have natural directorsness in my blood or whatever so I planned everything oh my god like I looking back on that I was like holy shit I was in Aspen a week before because I was nannying at the time and I was in Aspen a week before the show was supposed to go up I'm fucking doing FaceTimes in Aspen directing them on FaceTime while I'm in Aspen. How many times can I say I was in fucking Aspen? So that was intense. Also, right when I came home, I came home from Aspen. My cousin had died. I then, you're like, whoa, what? I know it was super traumatic, but I was like, fuck, I have a show to put on this weekend. So my cousin passed. Um, and then I got home from Aspen that Thursday, that Friday, Saturday, was all blocked out. I was going to Northwestern to rehearse with people that were on my cast. And I was completely like obviously heartbroken that my cousin died, but like completely suppressed the entire thing. Just wanted to get my show up. I mean, it was time. Like everybody had bought it their tickets. It was absolutely insane. I was so excited. And oh my God. So that show went lovely. That show went beautifully. We rehearsed that show so much because I made everybody rehearse it that much. I mean, I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, we're not stopping. We would do hours and hours and hours of rehearsal as well as you have to get chemistry with your cast right away. Like, you have to do a lot of shit to have a cast that works really well together. And so I was doing all of it. You guys are like, God, okay. But we had a two-week run of that show. The second week of that show... We ended up selling out the entire theater, which was absolutely insane. And beyond any of my biggest manifestations, like I just never thought of selling out a theater because they're like 90 seats per theater. I just wanted to break fucking even with Second City so I didn't owe them any money, to be honest. And then I broke beyond even and it was absolutely insane to sell out that show. I was like, oh my God. I fucking did. I'm that bitch. I'm that bitch, period. So after that show, nobody understands what it takes to put into a show. I didn't even explain it that well of what it really takes to do a show. But it is a full, it's a full-time job. And so to be like a kid in doing this shit, I was like the youngest person who had directed, produced, and wrote a show at that time. I probably still am and because like you just don't see many 20 year old 19 year olds really doing that but I was like let me fucking do it and it was a success like the show was really good and I was really proud of it so after that everybody's like oh so when's the next one and that was the last thing on my fucking mind I was like oh my I don't I don't know I didn't even think of that I was like holy fuck half my cast was leaving so I was gonna have to do a brand new cast everything like that but I also needed time to genuinely breathe because after doing shows it's like 
you have such a high and then it's a calm down from the show being done. But then also it's like a stress reliever because you're not worried about the show anymore. Like I was not sleeping leading up to that show because I was trying to make sure every single thing was perfect. All these sketches were written perfectly. Everyone just like just trying to make everything perfect as could be. Anyways, so then that show was in July. In December, I... So it was right after my, I had just turned 20 years old and I had decided to audition for conservatory. I was like, I feel ready. There's no more. I've done all my prerequisites. I've done everything. So I was like, holy fuck, am I about to audition for conservatory? And then I was like, yes, bitch, you are. You have to apply to get an audition. So you have to send your resume just for them to give you an audition. It's absolutely insane. So I was nannying at that time. I was like, I need to leave early. And they were like, okay, why? And I was like, oh, I just have an audition. I don't tell anybody when I audition for things. I keep everything to myself. I don't tell anybody anything because I just, I don't want other people's energy. I just want to focus, okay? So uh, they're like, okay, audition. Like I was just like, oh, just this little audition at Second City. Like I didn't really make a big deal of it. So then you get to the audition. It's an improv audition. And then I think I waited like a week or something. And I, I kept telling myself, I was like, it's okay if you don't make it. People, because like people audition for this. It's just known that you audition for this like seven, eight, nine times. Like it is known that this thing, you, conservatory is not easy to get into. And when I, anything you're doing in the comedy world, you know exactly what conservatory is. So like with my IO classes, everything, everybody was talking about conservatory. It's all anybody wants. It's like, Everybody, if you're in conservatory, you are that bitch, period. Like, that's what it comes down to. And everybody wants to be that bitch and wants to be in conservatory. I auditioned. (laughs) It's like, it's okay if you don't make it. So many people don't make it. Like, so many people don't. I made it. And I was like, oh my God, first audition. And I made it. I was so emotional. I called my mom and I was like, mom, you don't know this. But last week I auditioned for conservatory and I made it. And she was like, what? Because she's also known like that's all I fucking talked about my whole life. So she's like, you just auditioned. You told nobody. And I was like, yeah, I didn't really just want to tell anybody. Like I had to call all of my family members and let them know I made conservatory. And then when I told my nanny lady, I was like, oh, yeah, that audition. Um, it was for conservatory. And I made it. She was like, you what? You were so calm and relaxed. I was like, no, I was dying on the inside. But like, I just couldn't let anybody know that. I just Every audition I go into, I'm just like, I'm going to give it all that I got. I'm going to do what I have to do. That is what it is. Like, that's basically it. And so if that helps anybody who's auditioning, I just am like, whatever is what it is. I'm going to give it all that I got. And that's about it. Period. Done. End of sentence. So I made it. Okay. I made it in January. So then I started doing, yeah, I started conservatory in January in February I decided it was time for me to do another run of shows so I pitched a show to Second City and this one I ended up fully directing producing and writing it by myself I came up with a brand new improv format for this specific show for the theme of the show everything about that Um, I did everything once again like the legal work the marketing the press whatever all of it behind it the rehearsals getting the oh casting was really fun for this one my friend and i would go to because my um the guy that i ended was first directing it with 
um, him and I went to a bunch of college nights and would watch everybody on stage in Chicago and see, could I pick any of them out to put in the show? Like, that's basically how I do my casting is I go to places around Chicago who are doing live comedy and I watch these performers perform live and then I get their names if I like them, like if I like what I see, I'll get their names and then say, hey, I'm directing, producing, putting up a show at Second City at the end of March. I'd love for you to be in it. it usually goes pretty well. And then we do a little interview after. It's like a pretty intense process, actually. And it's kind of crazy because at that time I was still 20 and I'm auditioning kids that are like 28, too. So like I'm a baby in general, 20 years old doing this, but I'm also casting people who are like way older than me. But like in comedy, age definitely doesn't really mean anything. If you're good, you're good. That's just about it. You know what you're doing. You know what the fuck you're doing. So then I ended up, my friend backed out of the show. So that was just me directing, producing, writing the whole thing by myself. And it was so beyond stressful once again. I kind of forgot how fucking stressful these shows were. And then I was like, oh, nope. Now I remember. It was so crazy stressful just because it's like you want to break even. Not only that, like just to get the cast all together and rehearse at the same time and just try and balance out a cast. But and like the marketing photos, the photos that you're using that are going up at the box office, that are being promoted everywhere, your name's on everything. It's got to be a good fucking show. So obviously it's like a lot of pressure. Anyways, oh my God. This show was supposed to go up March 14th. If you guys know, no, I think it was March 15th. I don't know. It was a Friday. If you guys know, March 15th, 2020. If you guys know what happened the week of March 14th, 15th, whatever, of 2020, that is when Corona came in and took over, basically. So what that meant for me was I lost the show, obviously. I mean, I was a little bit naive and like classes were going online. And I remember looking at my, calling my mom and be like, mom, like all these classes are going online. Like my school just went online. But Second City is not going to close. Like, my show is still going to go up, right? And she's like, oh, honey, sure. She, like, nobody wanted to tell me that it wasn't going to fucking happen. Because I'm a psychopath, obviously, and I just poured my heart and soul into this show. Obviously, you want it to go up. And also, tickets were already bought. Like, everything was set. We had already done our tech rehearsal. We had done everything. All we needed to do was perform it on a stage now. And then I get the call from Second City that the show isn't going to go up. They don't know when it can go up, but they're sorry. And it's like, oh my God, my heart breaks. Like even thinking of it, it was like, oh my God, my heart was absolutely broken. It was like, fuck, man. (sighs) But I'm still like, whatever. I still directed, wrote, produced another show. It's still going on the resume. It's still happening. At that same time, I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast that I was in conservatory and we went to Zoom. So we had a whole level in person and then a whole two classes in level two. And then we went on to Zoom. So everybody was figuring out Zoom, trying to understand what the fuck Zoom was. And it was just really draining for a conservatory, if I'm going to be honest, because just to sit for three hours, especially when comedy is so physical, like... 
I would be running around normally in comedy classes just because of how physical it is. Um, to then just sit was fucking and not have human interaction. I feel like a lot of comedy is human interaction. It was absolutely insane. So then Zoom comedy was a thing and level three audition came out. And what that was, I was like, they're not going to have us re-audition for conservatory after everything that's happening. But nope, Second City did. They were like, you guys are still fucking auditioning. So we had to do our level three audition on Zoom. Level three audition is just a monologue, a 60 second monologue of a character you make up. And oh, who was I? Oh, I was like some, I forget what I did. No, I was like some rich bitch who like killed her husband. That was my character. Wrote it myself. It was lovely. And then in that mar in March after I made conservatory again, so it's like the re-audition was like successful. I decided that I wanted to start this podcast that you are listening to right fucking now. And I did it. So, oh my God, Midday Match is about to hit one year. I told myself I would put out 50 episodes in one year and that's what I'm doing, which is absolutely fucking insane to think that I've done that many episodes. is kind of fucking crazy, but I have and I'm going to take a very long vacation once I hit 50 episodes. I hit 50 episodes kind of on the year mark of... Um, midday matcha being one year old, which is absolutely crazy. And then after starting the podcast, I finished conservatory on Zoom. So now I'm a Second Cities Conservatory graduate. I'm a graduate of IO's program. I've done all the comedy that there is to do in Chicago and I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to start something new. Do I know what that is? Fuck no. I'm so confused of where to go and what to do because sketch writing and performance is genuinely what I thought I was going to do for like ever. Um, directing, writing, and producing those shows. I had so much love for them. And now just to have that completely gone, I'm like, what the fuck? Like that was... First of all, that was a part of my income. Second of all, not a huge part, but like that's I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'll do this and touring company. And then eventually I'll probably go to main stage. And now none of that's going to happen because one, I want to leave Chicago and two, it's not happening right now with COVID and everything. So, yeah, who knows what's next for me comedy wise. This podcast will always be here. And I will always have this to listen to and listen back on and just be like, God damn, I'm a crazy bitch because I already listen back sometimes and I'm like, what the fuck, you psycho? Anyways, this was my comedy journey podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Midday Matcha. This is my comedy journey, okay? Following my dreams, doing things no one said I could do. At 20 years old, I was in conservatory. Everyone told me to wait till like 23 or 25. I was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to do this at 20 years old and I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to be the best fucking 20-year-old I can be in conservatory. And I was. I definitely was. I was also... Directing, producing, and writing shows at such a young age is also a little bit fucking crazy, but like I made that shit work too. So if you get anything from this episode is don't listen to what anybody has to say. Listen to your heart and your gut and your soul. If it feels right for you, then it's right for you. And whatever's meant for you will always be for you. And as long as you work hard, 
you will be successful. So that is it for this week's episode of Midday Matcha. I'm so fucking tired, to be honest. I'm so tired. I don't know why I just can't fucking sleep at night. Anyways, not going to be dramatic. So if you guys want to watch the full episode of Midday Matcha, you guys can watch it on my YouTube channel. It's Livy Bitch, as well as you can follow me on Instagram at SheIsLivy and at TikTok at SheIsLivy. I love every single one of you. Rate the podcast five fucking stars and leave me a review. Don't be a fucking bitch. I hope every single one of you have an amazing rest of your day, night, evening, whenever the fuck you listen to this. I love you. Follow me on Instagram. Seriously. Seriously.